0: Scripture reading this morning comes from Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to, to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pers- pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has falling upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt." And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan in Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. And give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver, them, deliver our lives from death. And the, men said, and the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let down a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will, will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you, may, you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. They departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills, passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. This is God's word. You know, throughout history... You know, there have been several examples of treasonous activity. You know, treason is when you seek to overthrow uh, your government, the government of your country. It's when you you align yourself with another kingdom other than the one that you belong to. And a very moving example of this, of treason, is portrayed in uh, Victor Hugo's novel, Les Miserables. Hugo's novel, it's been adapted to musicals and movies. And in the most recent release of the film, in 2012, uh, there's a moving scene at the end of the film. If you've seen this film, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, It portrays what is referred to as the June Rebellion of 1832 in France. And a group of young men barricade themselves at a crossroads in the city and wait for the inevitable confrontation uh, from the authorities. And what they're hoping to do is they're hoping to rally the citizens of France to overthrow the government, overthrow the monarchy. Well, the army approaches and the battle begins, but the citizens, they don't rally. And so one by one, these treasonous young men are killed. It's a a moving, it's a sad scene, but it's also a great example of the risk one takes when one commits treason. And another example of treason is found in the passage that I just read to you, Joshua chapter 2. You You're in the first chapter of the book of Joshua, it's all about Joshua. It's all about God giving Joshua this position of leadership to lead God's people into the land of Canaan and take that land. But then as we move move into the second chapter, the main character is a woman named Rahab. And Rahab is a Canaanite woman. Uh, who lives in this fortified city called Jericho. And Jericho is one of many of these city-states throughout the land of Canaan. Uh, and each of these city-states has its own king. Uh, you can kind of think of these city-states as countries in Europe. You know, you have all these different little city-states. They have their own governments. They're pretty close together. Uh, and They all reside in this land of Canaan. And so Jericho is the first city-state that Joshua and the people of Israel will encounter when they cross the Jordan and seek to take the land of Canaan. So to prepare for the battle, Joshua sends these two spies to Jericho to learn what they can about the city. And as they sneak into the city, they go to a place where they would blend in, which is smart if you're a spy, right? So if you're Spy 101, is, you don't want to be recognized, right? That's kind of the whole point. And so uh, they sneak into the city and they go to a place they would blend in. And the reason they feel like they would blend in 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 Rahab's house is because of the type of business that she's conducting in her house. You know, she was a a prostitute. And so her house functioned as a type of hotel uh, that men both from the city of Jericho as well as men from other places around Canaan and other lands would come and visit. And therefore, it wouldn't be unusual to see men uh, from outside Jericho in Rahab's house. But what we read in the story is although the spies were able to sneak into the city, somehow they were identified at some point while they were there, and news reached the king that they were staying in Rahab's house. And so the king sends his representatives, his henchmen to Rahab, to confront her with this intel. And we read in verse 3, it says, Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. Okay, so now this puts Rahab in a a sticky situation, right? Because because Rahab has a very risky and life-altering choice to make. One, will she be a patriot and deliver these spies into the hand of the king of Jericho? Or will she commit treason? And cover for the spies. Well, we read a response in verses 4 through 7. It says, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. So what we see is, confronted with this, this risky decision, Rahab commits treason and protects these spies. Now the question is, why would she do that? <laughs> Think about yourself, why would you do that? Why would she do that? Why would she risk her life and betray, and betray her king for these two men? You know, why would she choose to align herself with Israel rather than Jericho, where she grew up? Well, we read the answer in verses 8 through 11. It says, Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, and listen to what she says. This is a Canaanite woman in Jericho. And this is what she says. I know that the Lord has given you the land. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Now listen to this. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before, before you when you came out of Egypt. So she's thinking back. She heard about when they were coming out of Egypt initially. And God dried up the Red Sea and delivered them in a miraculous way. And then she says, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. So she's remembering back. We heard what happened 40 years ago when you came out of Egypt. And we heard what just most recently happened to these kings on the other side of the Jordan. And then she says in verse 11, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. Now listen to this. For the Lord your God... He is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. So what caused her to commit treason? Well, she had heard what God had done for His people, and she wanted to be counted among the people of God. I mean, that was her motivation. She had heard the works of God, and as a result, she confesses, For the Lord your God, He is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. And as a result of her belief in God... She protected the spies and asked them to protect her. They agreed, and they told her in verse 18 Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. Then it says the spies returned safely to Joshua, told, them, uh, told him what they experienced. And so, as we look at this amazing story, I believe we see, we see three things that, that were true for Ahab, Rahab. They were true for Rahab, and they're also true for us. The first thing that we see is that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. You know, when you think about it, God's Word is a record of who He is and what He has done. And so what we see is that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so the message of what God had done... "...had reached Rahab, which caused her to believe." And because of Rahab's faith, she became a child of God. She became counted among the people of God. And not only was she counted among the people of God, but listen to what Matthew writes in his Gospel in chapter 1, verses 4-6. through He's given the, uh, the lineage of Jesus, and this is what he says, "...Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, by Rahab." And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. Isn't that remarkable? This Canaanite prostitute who placed her faith in the God of Israel sits in the lineage of Christ. And not only that, but the biblical writers make make it a point to put her in there. You know, Not all the women are listed. Not all the mothers are listed. But Rahab's listed. They make it a point. We want you to know that Rahab was there. She was part of the lineage of the Messiah. So now, this is a great encouragement for me. I hope it's a great encouragement to you as well. That no matter what you've done in your life, what type, what type of life you were building apart from God, no matter what it was, if you turn from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ then you too can be counted among the people of God. I mean, that's the great encouragement of the gospel. Rahab believed the word of God and that enabled her to be counted among the people of God. And the same is true of you, same is true of me. No matter what your past may be, no matter what you've done, if you believe in Christ, the word of God, then you can be counted among the people of God. So the saving message for us today is not just that God delivered the people out of Egypt or dried up the Red Sea, or promised to give this land of Canaan to the people in Joshua's day. But the promise for us is that you know, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So faith comes from hearing the Gospel, the Word of God, what God has done for us. And this is one reason why our theme this year is evangelism as a church. Because we want as many people as possible to hear what God has done. We want them to hear the gospel so that they may be, uh, respond by faith and be counted among the people of God, right? That's why we do it. We want them to experience what Rahab experienced, to be counted among the people of God. So the first truth we see in this passage is that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. The second truth we see in this story is that redemption requires treason. If you want to be counted among the people of God, you must align yourself with God and His kingdom. And this alignment with God is what Rahab did, and she became part of the people of God. But she had a choice to make. I mean, she had to choose who she would serve. Would she serve the king of Jericho, or would she serve God Himself? And she chose God. And we have the same choice to make if we're going to be counted among the people of God. And the way we do this is that we choose whether or not we're going to follow Jesus. Whether we're going to submit to Christ as our King. You know, Paul says it this way in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Listen to what he says. He's talking about God here. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see that? In Christ, when we place our faith in Christ, we are transferred from the domain of darkness, this one kingdom over here, and our allegiance to that kingdom. We're transferred to the kingdom of His beloved Son, the kingdom of Christ, through whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So redemption requires a shift of your allegiance. You see that? At one point in time, perhaps you were you know, aligned with your own kingdom. You're building your own kingdom or you know, your concept of what life is meant to be or how you, you were to experience life. At some point, though, if you want to be counted among the people of God, your alignment needs to shift from that idea to Christ. Because it's only through Him that we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, verse 24, and then down in verse 33. He says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't, serve two, you can't have two kings. there has got to be one king. And this is why he goes on to say in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. The Christian is the one who seeks first God's kingdom. Christ is the King. There has to be a shift in allegiance. And so what we see here is redemption requires treason. I mean, you must give your allegiance to God above everyone else and everything else. You know, when we call call Jesus our Savior, what we're saying is, it is only through Jesus Christ that we can receive forgiveness of sin. It's only through Christ that we can have our sin problem dealt with. And when we call Jesus Lord, we are declaring our allegiance to follow Him. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our King. He's above all else. And sadly, you know, if you've been reading uh, the paper or watching the news, uh, you've read about Christians in China and other parts of the world uh, that have been arrested and persecuted because their allegiance is with Christ. And they refuse to submit to the government And forsake Christ. And so they're arrested, they're persecuted. But this is what it means to be a Christian. That your allegiance is to Christ, to the kingdom of God, above the kingdom of men. Christ demands our allegiance. And so if you're not a Christian this morning, this is important for you to consider. Because if you're thinking about placing your faith in Christ, then you need to know that the only... Position fitted for Jesus is King. There's no other position that He will fill. It's only King. He is He's got to be the King. There has to be a surrender, a turning of allegiance to Him, that He is not only your Savior that forgives sin, but your Lord that you're going to follow Him. And this is why redemption requires treason. Because we have to transfer our loyalty from one kingdom to another. And finally, the third thing we see in this passage, the third third truth, is that faith results in action. You know, the evidence that Rahab believed is that she protected the spies. And what we see is, both in the life of Rahab and our own lives, is that saving faith will always produce a changed life. And what's interesting is that when you, when you read the, uh, the letter that James wrote in the New Testament, James is writing this letter, and he's, you can just imagine him sitting down to write this letter, and he's trying to think, okay, I want to think about all the examples among the people of God over the past several centuries. Okay, I want to, I want to consider all the examples of the people of God over the past centuries, and I want to come up with two people that demonstrate... That saving faith always produces obedience. I want to think of two people. The first one he chooses in James chapter 2 is Abraham. Pretty good choice, right? I mean, you would probably choose Abraham. Uh, You know, all the things that Abraham did by faith. uh, You could tell his faith, he believed in God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and it produced a changed life for him. Great example, obvious example. You know his second choice? Out of all the people of God, of all history, Rahab. He chooses Rahab. And this is what he says in James 2, 24 through 25. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Isn't that great that James, out of all the people of God, in all the history in the Old Testament, she chooses, he chooses two. Abraham, Rahab. And what he's saying is that authentic faith, saving faith, produces obedience. It produces a changed life. And you see that Rahab's faith is real by what she does. And so she aligned herself with God, and that decision produced a changed life. Also, the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament includes Rahab in his great chapter of the people of faith. He writes in Hebrews 11.31, He says, By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So you see, it was Rahab's faith that motivated her actions. And that's what faith does. When you, when you place your faith in Christ, you align yourself with the kingdom of God above all other kingdoms, and your life begins to change. You know Your, your behavior Follows your belief, right? Your behavior follows what you believe. And so if Jesus is your king, then your behavior will begin to be affected by your relationship with Christ. Your behavior will begin to to line up more and more with what God wants from you, rather than what others want from you. Your main concern will be, okay, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do in this relationship, in this relationship? Workplace and this decision, whatever it may be. And so, what we'll begin to see in Christ is that our, our lives will be changed not so much by the culture but by Christ because our allegiance have shifted. And Christ is our King. Now, you may be saying, Well, Ron, okay, well, um, you know, I haven't been experiencing much life change. I haven't been seeing much change in my life. And here's what I would say. Uh, You may want to just check your heart and see if you're serving two masters. The first thing. Are you trying to serve two kings? And you need to see, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? I mean, is there any just sin I'm holding on to and I'm unwilling to submit to God? Because that will keep you from growth. That will keep you from change. Are you living in disobedience to God's Word? And if so, you need to confess your sin and by faith seek to change your behavior. Listen, Rahab was a prostitute, right? In Jericho. We know that. Now here's the question. When she was rescued from Jericho and was, became part of the people of God, you think she continued to be a prostitute? Probably not. Right? Right? One reason is we know she's in the lineage of Christ. So obviously, she got married and had a child. And from the child, uh, we have the lineage of the parents of Jesus. And so, what we see is Rahab, when she placed her faith in God and became counted among God's people, she began to seek God's will for her life as it relates to her sexuality. And so, she no longer was a prostitute, but she began to seek God's plan. For her sexuality. So the result is that God blessed her obedience. And she was placed in the lineage of Jesus. Now whether it's in the area of sexuality or some other area. you know, Saving faith in Christ calls you to follow God's word. To bring those areas underneath the lordship of Christ. And say God what do you want me to do in this area of my life? How do you want me to live out this area of my life? And in following God's word, we know there's blessing. God blesses obedience. So I want you to think about this. Is there any area of your life that you have not brought under the lordship of Christ? Christ is Lord, whether you recognize it or not. But is there any area of your life that you haven't submitted to his lordship in your life? Maybe there's some area that you just have not brought before the Lord and said, God, what do you want from me in this area of my life? Is there any sin that you haven't confessed? Because unconfessed sin keeps us from growing. It keeps us from becoming who God wants us to be. Is there any area of your life, is there anything in your life that you know God wants to change? And also, is there any step of faith that God wants you to take? You know, we prayed in the prayer of confession, you know, forgive us for what we have done, but also what? What we've left undone. You know, there may be things that God wants us to do and step out in faith, but we haven't done it. We've just been holding back. And what's so encouraging to me about this passage is that if, if the grace of God can save Rahab, and the power of God can change Rahab, then perhaps they can do the same to me, right? God's grace can save me. God's power can change me. And that should be an encouragement to you as well. But we know this all begins with a decision, a very treasonous decision. It begins, first of all, with the decision to give your life to Christ. And if you haven't given your life to Christ, then I want to encourage you to make that decision today. Salvation begins with a decision. You have to choose to place your faith in Jesus to uh, experience and receive salvation, the blessing of God, of forgiveness of sin and eternal life. That begins with a decision. But also for those of you in Christ... Change begins with the decision as well. And so for those of you who have placed your faith in Christ, what area, is there an area that you believe God wants to change in your life? For Rahab, one area was her immorality. And if we want to change, if there's an area that God wants to change in our lives, a decision, we need to make that decision to change. We must confess our sin to God and then by faith begin to move in a different direction, the direction God would have us to go. So what does God want to change in your life beginning today? Just think about it. What does God want to begin changing in my life today? So whether you're, you're coming to Christ for the first time, or whether you're seeking God to produce change in your life, you are making a treasonous decision. You know, you're, deciding, you're deciding to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, not the kingdom of anyone else. Including your own. You're you're choosing to seek first his kingdom. That's a very treasonous act. You're deciding to follow the one who is the king of kings. And the lord of lords. And putting him first. I mean, that's a very treasonous decision. And here's the thing. As I was going through this I was thinking. You know what? This isn't always easy. Is it? (laughs) This isn't always going to be easy. But it's worth it. It wasn't easy for Rahab. But it was worth it. And it won't be easy for you, but it's worth it. So I want you to make your faith decision today. Come to Christ. Ask God to bring about His change that He wants to see in your life. And also, maybe it's taking steps of faith to be used in His kingdom work. Whatever it may be, let's make a decision. Decision for Christ. Decision for change. And let's trust God to bring about the change in our lives. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for this story of Rahab and how You used her in a mighty way to uh, bring progress to Your plan. And in the process, You brought redemption to her and her family because of uh, her hearing your, Your great works, hearing who You are. We know faith comes by hearing Your Word. We see that she made a treasonous decision to align herself with You and your people. And we also see that her faith produced change, action, in alignment with your word. Lord, I pray by your spirit that you would show us what decision needs to be made in our lives. Perhaps for some, they need to come to Christ for the very first time. Lord, enable them to make that decision today. And for those of us who know you, who follow you, Lord, show us areas of our lives that we have not brought before you, submitted to you. And God, we ask that you would bring about change by the power of your spirit and help us to move forward by faith with you and help us to begin to take steps of faith, not only to see change in our lives, but also to take the good news of what you've done for us to those around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.